Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy game show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and tonight's theme is going to be Stephen King. Oh, That's right. Spooky and scared. Well, if you're scared now, just wait till later. Okay. Uh, What are you going to do to us? (laughs) The master of suspense. That is what they call me. Uh, Let's start uh, with the team to my left. Do we have a team name? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, it is Carrie, Christine, Dolores, Claiborne, the It Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer, do you get it? Yes, I think I, think I do get it. Uh, and let's meet our individual players, uh, starting on the far end, please. Oh, on the far uh, I am CJ Tor. I am Natalie Galdi. And I am James Harvey Fruitley. Excellent. And that name for me one more time. James nope. Harvey <laughs> Fruitley. The team name, please. Carrie, James Christine, Dolores. Har- <laughs> okay, good enough. All right, and let's meet the team to my right, please. Do we have a team name? Yes, we are. All right, all right, all right. I'm Randall Flagg, the man in black. <laughs> I'm going to need that one more time, but enunciated. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, that's it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and let's meet our players starting on the far end, please. Uh, my name is Sammy Tamimi, and if I was in a Stephen King movie, I'd be like the chubby deputy who gets murdered. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm Sarah Magnuson. If I were in a Stephen King movie, I would be the creepy Jesus in the closet in <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> and finally... Um, I'm Nick Lathan. If I was in a Stephen King movie, I'd be uh, sued because I'm not actually a Stephen King movie. I'd be Jeff Fahey in The Lawnmower Man. <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, and also, I think we have, we have some bonus material tonight. Is that correct, Nick? Yes, we do. <gasps> lay, lay it on, everybody. What do we got? Uh, what do we got right, going on tonight? All right, so to change things up, because I bought some prizes last time, but we didn't give them out, uh, whoever, uh, an audience member will win these prizes if they pick a team, and if that team wins... Is that how we're going to do it, Spencer? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so I got a bunch of shit in here. I know what do you got? Close, but I just did it. I got the first three. Well, well, don't say what the prizes are yet. Okay. Who, well, I kind of gave it away. Who, who wants to win prizes tonight? Okay, I saw one hand over oh, here. Wait, everyone I, raise their hand. That's a foolish question. Yeah. <laughs> well, Everybody loves prizes when they don't know what it is. All right, so we got here will be our two contestants will be this, this, uh, this person on the, the, my left, this person on my right. And, uh, enthusiastic. So go ahead, uh, uh, sir, if you would please uh, pick a team right now. Do you want uh, All Right, All Right, All Right or the It Girls? All right, all right, all right. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> this is 
is kind of a medieval times situation. He just picked the knight closest to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so depending on who wins, we will be giving out some prizes. Do we want to go over the prizes now? Yes, okay. We got the first three. These are all just stuff I had at the house and don't want anymore. <laughs> got, yes! Got the first three dark uh, tower books. Yeah. Uh, we got... Uh, three some, of eight, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, three okay. of uh, so start, start your collection we a, off. We got a lot of them. We got uh, Ray Bradbury's Something Wicked This Way Comes. Not a Stephen King book? Okay. We got The Shining on DVD. Oh! Wait, which one? Which one? It is in full screen. It's a Stanley Kubrick one, and uh, it's a DVD. Full screen? Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have you a monster. DVD player yeah, I got to a, play that on? Uh, Ghostbusters 2 trading cards. Oh! <laughs> that got and, the uh, biggest reaction? <laughs> three Halloween postcards. <laughs> That's a, I would actually like those. That's that's cool. I had a copy of Dreamcatcher at the house, but I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so give us your address, whoever wins, and Nick will mail that to you when he finds it. Yes. All right, let's let's start let's our show off properly, please. Uh, this is for the It Girls. Stephen King has mentioned in an interview with Fresh Air's Terry Gross that he wanted a minivan that he purchased to be destroyed at a charity event in which individuals could donate money for the opportunity to smash it with a sledgehammer. Why did he purchase the van, and why did he want it destroyed? To a decision. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So why, why does Stephen King purchase this van and want it destroyed? Well, after much debate. And <laughs> <laughs> so much. So much. Uh, we believe that this is a van uh, that was out for Stephen King's blood and wounded him. It did what? It wounded, wounded. him. It attacked him. Uh, could you give the circumstances around this attack? I mean, I know it might be a little explicit or graphic. Could you explain about the circumstances? Yeah, Stephen King slept with the van's wife. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this just the premise for Maximum Overdrive? A van coming to life and trying to kill somebody? No, it's Carrie, too. Jerry. <laughs> Can you tell us a little about the make and model of this van? Did it have a unicorn spray painted on the side? Uh, I do believe it was a 1983 Ford. Why would you know Ford. that? <laughs> just, a was, Ford. just a it Ford. Was a, it's a white van that, that it's actually not made anymore. Uh, I think they discontinued yeah, it in like, the top uh, of my 1992. Head, I think the right rear tire was a little low. Yeah. And if I'm remembering correctly, there was an empty Dr. Pepper in the second couple. How, how, were, uh, how, were, the, how were the quarter panels? Oh, you have... Wait a minute. Don't, don't let me go off. Okay. Hey, CJ, who was driving this van? Was it AC? I was busy at the time. I didn't... I'm going to need an alibi. Nick, are you, are you making um, references to... Um... The O.J. Simpson trial? You know I do. <laughs> That's on brand for me. I always Stephen reference O.J. King and the O.J. Simpson. We have our thumb on the pulse. <laughs> <laughs> that was a white Ford Bronco. It, it was. It was. You know they replaced that with the Escape. <laughs> oh, it's brother! A fine is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. That is really funny. Um, do we think that's on the truth? Was because of what is it? The van tried to sleep with his wife. It, no, no. It? Stephen Ki Stephen King slept with the van's wife. But the more important and salient point is that the van wounded our man, the Scribner. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, the van hurt Stephen King in some way, which is why he wanted to buy it. Yeah. Do you believe oh, this is true? It's true. We just want to clarify. It's it's the van that was driven that was that hit him and put him in the hospital mm. when he was out walking his dog. Yes, that's what yeah, we he said. No, you just said it wounded well, it's him. Not, it's not <laughs> what you said. It's actually, what? No, Spencer, I said that. You said it wounded him because it sucked with his wife. I wasn't. <laughs> Doing comedy. Oh my God! This There's is like nothing a, funny about sleeping with your car's wife. It was the inspiration for Carrie and all of his other books where cars are evil. I don't know if I don't know if that's happening. You're I, thinking, Christine. It is driving me crazy. <laughs> you have said Carrie now when you're no, talking about an evil where, car. No, it's the one where a girl runs men over. Right. It's in the name of our team. Okay, well, so the Uh, minivan was indeed the one driven by Brian Edwin Smith, the man who struck King on June 19th, 1999, well after he wrote Carrie. I believe 20 years maybe after he wrote Carrie. (laughs) He presaged it. He presaged it, that's right. Yeah, so uh, they actually, they bought it uh, for $1,500 and uh, reportedly to prevent it from appearing on eBay. Mm. Oh. Mm. Was that cash? Uh, his cash money in his pocket, baby. How yeah. does that yeah. adjust before inflation? Uh, that is $19.99, so it was actually $30,000 <laughs> in 2019 money. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Pennywise. All right, all right, all right. Did we, did we win? E- no, you did not. What? <laughs> what? Was he not? The other two provided more data. Right. We were doing the comedy job. Yeah, this isn't about comedy. This is about Christ. being right. <laughs> Then you'll do great. Do there are prizes at stake. Do prizes. better. That's true. Yeah, there's prizes at stake. Do not ruin this for the people in the audience. Now, Pennywise oh is a terrifying goodness. clown from the book It. But there was another terrifying clown created out of the mind of a weatherman. From 1963 to 1971, weatherman Willard Scott helped create and perform as Ron- Ronald McDonald. I almost got that name wrong. Ronald McDonald. All right, right, right. But eventually, Willard parted ways with the fast food giant. Why did McDonald's fire Willard Scott? All right, why, why did McDonald's let Willard Scott go? Well, we have a fun fact we'd like to share first. Great. My grandmother met him when he was, uh, she used to work at McDonald's and, uh, in Selma, Alabama, and she met him as Ronald McDonald. Is that why you're, he got fired? Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. What did he do with Ooh. your grandma? Fanny, if you're listening, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find this? Yeah. Uh, I Googled we... your name and it popped up and you were cursing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what she would say. Uh, so we believe that he was too fat to be Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Too fat and too furious. Thank you. <laughs> um, what is the appropriate weight for a Ronald McDonald? Say like a buck eighty-seven. <laughs> How tall? How tall though? Oh, about six three. Six three one eighty-seven. That's yeah. a good. Oh yeah. That's a healthy looking man. Is that his walk around weight or his fighting weight? Walk around. Oh, that's his fighting weight. That's what he's been training. <laughs> Why does Grimace get a pass? Uh, well, Grimace yeah, is Grimace. Grimace. He's not a, a person. <laughs> The most horrible thing I've ever heard anyone say. What is Grimace? Like an alien? He's, He's a like a bush with legs. Really is confused. Grimace a milkshake? <laughs> Grimace just, is supposed to be a milkshake. He's like a purple what? nugget. That's I have what he a is. question. Yes. Uh, I guess the question to go on to the answer. I'm, I'm really confused because, to my knowledge, Ronald McDonald is still working to this day. Yeah. They replaced him. Don't ruin it for her. <laughs> Oh man, why would I have to do this on this show? <laughs> how old are you? How old were you when you found out Ronald McDonald wasn't real? 
Probably, probably uh, sixth grade. Today, yeah. years old. He was. The, what? The, he did not fit the corporate brand image of a slim man pitching fat food. <laughs> uh, so he was just too big to fit in the outfit, and it looked unhealthy to have a fat Ronald McDonald wandering around. He was sweating around. all the time. <laughs> His little what? paint was... Kind of like how I am now. <laughs> what are you about, 6'3", 187? A <laughs> uh, buck, yeah. <laughs> Do we think that's on the truth? Is it because he got fat? Do we think they're telling the truth? Yeah, I think I think that's. Exactly <laughs> I want to offer a minority report. Okay, you you love doing minority reports. Yeah, Let's contact, contact the party cards right James now. Score I'll, separate I'll keep a separate score for James. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, I can we give James to that table then? Yeah, we I, we did have one other person raise their hand. Yeah. So, yeah. so if things, weirder things have happened, if James by himself wins tonight, I've then, done it before. <laughs> Then, then you will get the prizes. I'm not okay. pulling for that table. I'm I, not pulling for them. By the way, this gum in this pack is expired. <laughs> the, the gum in the Ghostbusters yeah. trading cards? This is from okay. 1989. So yeah. be aware of that. I think so Willard, it is worth $30,000. <laughs> I think Willard Scott kept pulling kids into storm drains. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss, guys. Yeah, I, our third contestant I don't think will be doing very well tonight. Uh, because you wait. In, in fact, that's true. Weird things have happened. Uh, it was because he got fat. He, yeah. put, he put on too much yeah. weight. Shut your mouth. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that, that's Never good. underestimate okay. corporate America. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> like, did they weigh him? Like, I want to know. Like, oh, yeah, like a wrestler. He had to do weigh him. <laughs> there he is. I'm just surprised he didn't make a lateral move and just become the mascot for Subway. No. Oh. Yeah, pulling kids into the store. <laughs> Man. I would like to once again apologize to your grandmother for having to hear that. That that is an excellent joke. <laughs> wow. May I have one half point for it? That, I gave you more than one half point. Thank you. That was masterful. Go for half, go for full. It was really good. Four okay, uh, the It Girls. Uh, this one's for you. Yeah. Every Stephen King fan knows that Bangor, Maine, is the inspiration for the fictional town of Derry, which provides the backdrop for several of King's novels and short stories. Mm-hmm. Yes, I knew that. Correct. Because we were all Stephen King fans. <laughs> Agree. What character is immortalized with a 31-foot statue on Bangor's main street? Universe man, universe man. Size of the entire universe man. Usually kind to smaller man. Universe man. He's got a watch with a minute hand. Millennium hand and a beyond hand. And when they meet, it's a happy land. Powerful man. What do we think? What uh, character is a 31-foot statue in this uh, city? Uh, oh, you, please. Oh, uh, well, whoever burped, feel free, because you started. Sure. Uh, I, I will take the stage. Uh, Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. So why would Banger, Maine, to honor uh-huh. Stephen King, have Paul Bunyan on their main street? Well, he's what? a national hero, yeah. so I don't <laughs> Nobody I don't tell understand. her about Paul Bunyan either. <laughs> what? No, uh... You you have you uh, much like the Dark Tower have your timeline all screwed up. Uh, Paul Bunyan was there before Stephen King, and he wrote Paul Bunyan into the books. Now I can't mm-hmm. imagine a Paul Bunyan statue without a little buddy Babe the Big Blue Ox statue. Is it that, was that it, what it is? Not there's Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. And then Babe. Babe the Big Blue Ox. Big yeah. Blue Ox. They know each there other. There is no Babe. That is why this Paul Bunyan is such a tragic figure mm-hmm. that inspired a young Stephen King to horror and misery. You seem all up to date on your folklore and Americana. So wasn't uh, Paul Bunyan like originally from like Minnesota or the Midwest woods? Why would they immortalize him on the East Coast? He moved because Stephen, <laughs> Stephen King uh, spent some Case time plus. in Minnesota, actually, oh. actually in Wisconsin. Oh, for what? 
Uh, his family moved there after his dad left. <laughs> See, he got really sad. <laughs> where did his dad go? What, you don't want facts? <laughs> what? Why did, what, not like the good time job of a man losing his job because he gained weight? <laughs> what? You don't want to capitalize on a man's sadness in yeah. his life? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I just want to point out for the audience at home that Nick on our team on All Right, All Right, All Right is wearing a all Stephen right, King all rules. All right, all right. I'm yeah. sorry, I have to say it every time. I, I, your, your wardrobe is inspired by a movie, is that correct, Nick? Yes, it's from The Monster Squad. Um, classic film uh, written by Shane Black and Fred Decker. And the, uh, the, uh, the, the, most, the line that most people know from the movie? Uh, Wolfman's Got Nards. Thank you very much. Wolfman's Got Nards. Can I get a point? Yes. Wolfman's Got Nards. <laughs> Wolfman's got oh, arts. I got Do we third, get points for saying quotes from Monster on. Squad? Because get your pen ready. <laughs> can you quote Monster Squad? I can quote several lines from. First of all, I'm in the damn club, ain't I? <laughs> he grabs a crossbow, kills a monster. Oh, you forgot he has a cigarette dangle from his mouth. Well, this is a 13-year-old kid. Did you not hear what about the part where they say, "Hey, we're all monsters. We're friends, and this is wholesome fun." <laughs> Three points, please. Three points. You got it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, CJ, I'll give you some points too. That's Thank that's you. good. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Was it? Uh, Paul Bunyan? No, it's Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt, the <laughs> yeah. country musician? Yeah, he's uh, 30 foot tall and uh, bulletproof. <laughs> man, Don't I bet that would be really funny man. if I knew some Travis Tritt lyrics. Oh, like 10 feet tall and bulletproof, that's the only <laughs> reference I got. <laughs> a little, kind of the opposite of Joe C, who is, uh, well, we won't Three go foot nine. Should, uh, should we, should we, should we play, for, play for the win so you got someone writing on it? Give them the truth. We believe them, and do you know what? This fella right here, he said it first, honestly, on our side of the table. He knew. Yeah, I watched a YouTube video. Well, it is, oh. Paul Bunyan. You oh, watched a YouTube right. video. <laughs> we get, we're playing we were not else sure. Now. We I'm just going to say that books. now. Yeah, it's, Can uh, we it's confess been, that? I was going to say the cat from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take boy. the microphone away from James. Uh, but I didn't. <laughs> or, or, or Herman Munster from Pet Cemetery. So, yeah. So, actually. Uh, Fred Gwynn. Paul, boy, you guys are good. Uh, Paul Bunyan was uh, supposedly born born there, not in Minnesota or Wisconsin. As, in Maine? Uh, yeah, apparently so. All right. Well, he likes flapjacks. and I think that's <laughs> He does like flapjacks. That's true. Who among us doesn't? That's right. No one has a good answer. French toast. All right. All right. All right. King's debut novel, Carrie, cemented his status as a legendary horror writer. It also served as a coming out party for Sissy Spacek, whose performance in Brian De Palma's gruesome adaptation earned her an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress. Hey, good for her. Yet, according to a Hollywood urban legend... De Palma almost tapped a different actress to murder everyone at the Oscar ceremony. Who was allegedly originally cast to play Carrie, and why didn't it work out? Who was supposedly originally cast to play Carrie? It was Carrie Fisher. Carrie oh. Fisher? Yes, mm-hmm. she is commonly known as Princess Leia. And <laughs> also... She's also a good I can't drama, wait for the rest of your book report. The drama from that show that I really like with Rob Delaney. Someone help me out here. Catastrophe. It's fantastic. Yes. She was also a ghostwriter on Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Did not know that. <laughs> She's also in the Blues Brothers. She is in the Blues Brothers. She is. And yep. Harry met Sally. So what are we doing? The, yeah, <laughs> <it's fantastic. laughs> and that's how she connects to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so basically what was going on um, is they were all casting in the same location for Star Wars and they really... What was the name of that film? Star, Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> 
Star horse? Star horse? Star horse. All horse? right, all right, all, all right. All right, all right, all right. And they were like, Sissy Spacek looks kind of freaky, so we're going to put <laughs> so her So we don't here. want her for this horror movie. And then George Lucas was like, she looks good, so we're going to put Carrie Fisher in here. So let me get this straight. Um, when they were casting for Star Wars in 1977, they held on to those actresses till Carrie in 1978. Movies yes. can be shot at the same time and come out at different times. Oh. The Palma and Lucas mm. were buds. <laughs> Spielberg was there, too. They're all hanging out, drinking some buds. All of them. All of them. And E.T. as well. E.T. E. was there. Did yeah. you screen test? E.T., yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sissy Spacek did. All she had to do was walk into the room, sit down, and just do this with her eyes. And then she got And they were period? like, get me out of this room. This is too scary. Because she's scary looking in that movie. And then John Travolta walked in. <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> Sign him up. Uh, he danced in. <laughs> he da- you're right. He danced in. Do we think they're telling the truth? Is it um, no? Oh God, no. no, no. We think it's a little too neat. Their story. Smidge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So no it's not, flaws. <laughs> so it's not Gary Fisher. Then who is it? Uh, we guessed it was Jamie Lee Curtis, and she had to turn it down because she did Halloween instead. Oh. And when did Halloween? Was desired come? because she's a legacy scream queen. That's she a, was on Petticoat Junction too. I did not Ooh. know that. <laughs> You know she was also in the Blues Brothers? <laughs> really? You know she was also in the most recent Halloween? Really? <laughs> Nick you know? is like IMDB. <laughs> By the way, Welcome to Haddonfield on Arcade Audio is a Halloween podcast oh you should listen to. <laughs> hosted by myself and Peyton Lynch. That is Welcome to Haddonfield on Arcade Audio. Don't cross-promote on another Arcade Audio. <laughs> also, you. if you like spooky horror, there's Lakeshore to Riverside Limbo starring... Myself. And myself. Also, if you love Sissy Spacek, may I please recommend Coal Miner's Daughter? No, she's not on my network. (laughs) (laughs) Sissy Uh, Spacek will be playing a centaur on Lakeshore and Limbo coming (laughs) out. Okay, thank you very much. No problem. No, it actually was Carrie Fisher. Wow. That's right. Uh, now, and, and actually, the story was exactly right. Brian De Palma and George Lucas, uh, Boom, uh, according it. to this urban legend, were casting the same time. All right. And right. Uh, the, the reason apparently given that she didn't want to be in um, Carrie was because of the nude scenes. Oh. But later, she refuted this rumor, telling Premier Magazine, quote, I love being nude. Oh. So yeah, that sounds like She was a complicated woman. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Thanks, uh, Welcome, James. Could you give her a point? That's correct. I didn't really come up with it. I just wanted to talk about <laughs> Coal Miner's Daughter. I ran with it because I love Coal Miner's Daughter. But I think that you should give them a point for trying to give me a point. Okay, we'll Wait, figure out points actually, later. Can I just intercept that point? No. Yes! Guys, this is how it's done. Slow and steady. That's right. It's a, it's a game of inches, folks. All right, the show the it, is three hours. <laughs> <laughs> the It Girls. In Stephen King's campy B-movie classic Creep Show, director George Romero incorporated uh, some... George A. Romero. George A. Romero. <laughs> Not, Thank you, uh, George the Romero. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember in first grade when you had a bunch of George Romeros in your classes? And <laughs> did you do George A. Romero, George yeah. C. Romero. It's so annoying. I hated uh, the 90s. All right. Director George A. Romero incorporated some creative practical effects that the actors didn't always like. For a scene with Ted Danson underwater, they used a hidden oxygen tank to allow him to breathe between takes rather than use a stunt double. For a scene where actor Tom Savini is trapped in a room with 20,000 giant cockroaches, they used 20,000 giant cockroaches, despite the actor having a paralyzing fear of insects. The final shot of that sequence shows the room filling to the top with roaches. 
But unlike Ted Danson and Tom Savini, these insects were allowed stunt doubles for that shot. What did George A. Romero use as stunt doubles for his cockroaches? Oh, ain't no bugs on me. There ain't no bugs on me. There may be bugs on the rest of you mugs, but there ain't no bugs on me. All right, what do we think here? What did George A. Romero use as stunt doubles for his cockroaches? Uh, uh, crickets. <laughs> so they you were all so supposed quiet. to be quiet. During that time. <laughs> <laughs> Audience. And, uh, by the way, if you were in that movie. <laughs> okay. So if you have an actor here, he's paralyzed uh, in fear of roaches. And there's a scene at the end of the movie, spoiler warning, uh, where all the roaches fill Wait up Wait a minute. This spoiler warning? Yeah, it's spoiler alert. <laughs> Can we get one point just for Spencer, uh, can I have those points? Yeah, I'll take away the five points. I was going to take away and give it to James. What world is this? You don't just get to start new catchphrases here. What's that? All right, all right, all right. (laughs) I'm in my own personal Stephen King hell right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's trapped in a room, his safe room, with a bunch of uh, roaches that fill it up to the top. Uh, So why would they replace the roaches with crickets? Well, it wasn't for him. Well, it kind of was. <laughs> He's like, oh, crickets. Oh, they're cuter. Well, uh, the, the honest answer is because cockroaches bite and crickets don't. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I, I've got more questions. Because cockroaches, I mean, I know they can be pretty mobile, but they're not hopping around like our little grasshopper. pals. They just pals. needed an undulating mass of insects. <laughs> yeah, but how'd they get the top layer of insects to not pop up and down like they're a little excited. It's Hollywood. They gave them a little something to relax Mm. before. It's called movie magic. I like that. They they popped in the Carrie Fisher's purse. Yeah, they they did. (laughs) May God bless her. I have a question for the other team. If you were trapped in a room with a bunch Uh of things that scare you Mm -hmm. and it was like overwhelming you, like, you know, burying you, what would those things be? Improvisers. (laughs) 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 Um... I oh, guess, we have to answer? Oh. Uh, I guess airplanes? I don't know. <laughs> You're afraid of airplanes? I'm afraid to fly, so I guess I, every time I fly is that nightmare suggestion you have, you have, you have made. And I, I we would tr- double that with a bus. Yeah. My favorite of, band is yeah. Every Time I Fly. <laughs> Never heard of nope. them. Okay. Yep. It's a joke. James? <laughs> uh, boy. God boys? alive. Boys. <laughs> I'd hate to be trapped in a room full of boys, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Honest to God, middle schoolers, they're mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do we uh, do we think it's crickets though? We sure don't. You know what we think it was? It was a quick trip to the local Kroger where they purchased a large number of dates and figs and raisins. Oh, uh, that's pretty <laughs> close. Yeah, it was trumpets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The actual roaches sat on top of a layer of raisins and mixed nuts, which slowly filled the room. Once production wrapped, the real roaches were carefully sifted from the healthy snack and sent back to the American Museum of Natural History, who had loaned the critters to the film. My only question is, why did they have 20,000 roaches on hand at the museum? Nasty. What happened to the trail mix is what I want to know. <laughs> they ate the trail mix. <laughs> the roaches or the crew? Uh, right, the the crew right, was part of Crafty. Right. Yeah. Nice. All Craft right. services was really bad back then. <laughs> That's right. It's gotten much better. Uh-huh. All right, all right, all right. Among all right, Kings. All right, all right, all right. Most famous works is Pet Cemetery, a chilling story in which the dead rise up to correct a family's poor spelling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spencer, the, give yourself a point. Give yourself yeah. a point. 
Oh, I can't accept that point. But I can. That's right. (laughs) The novel has since been adapted into two films, neither of which was nearly as good as a different movie about pet cemeteries, Errol Morris' 1978 documentary, Gates of Heaven. It's a great film, but one person in particular didn't believe Morris could pull it off. Who made a bet with Errol Morris that he couldn't make his film about pet cemeteries, and what was the wager? Thank you for asking, Nick. I did not Down use the Ramones one. version uh, because I like this version better. Wait, who is this? Uh, the Stargazers or something? I th- am Stargazer I actually... Lilies? Mm, I don't think so. Starcrawler. Starcrawler. Thank Star you very much. Crawler. My favorite Transformer. What, what do we... Th- okay, audience love that uh. show. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think? Who, who wagered uh, with Errol Morris? He couldn't make the film. Uh, I'm going to answer this question while doing an impression of the person who made the bet. Uh, it was Werner Herzog, and he had to eat his own shoe. It's a pretty good impression. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. It's pretty good. I made Grizzly Man. <laughs> I watched the footage, and you didn't see it. It was, sorry for the pun, Grizzly. <laughs> it's like I'm watching Bella the Lugosi? new Star Wars trailer, am I right? <laughs> I'm in The Mandalorian, and I have five fingers in Jack Reacher, and I answer the phone very funny. Don't we can't we all, do this. Uh, I don't believe it. We have some questions. <laughs> this for is just inside the actor's studio now. What was the answer? Uh, it was Werner Herzog, and he had to eat his own shoe. Yeah, I want to talk to Werner again. <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> hello. Um, Werner, how did he consume his shoe? Uh, he, I boiled it, and I put some spices. Oh, you ended up having to eat it? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> and I ate my own. It was, I think it was a Doc Martin. <laughs> uh, it was some DMs. I slid it into him a few couple of times before I... Uh, it's a little joke on my behalf. It's pretty good. Uh, I have a question for the rest of the team. Uh, what article of clothing would you like to eat if you had lost a bet? Edible underpants. <laughs> All right, that's off the table now. Like fruit by the foot? Like little underpants? Definitely by the foot. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Uh, I would like to eat probably something natural, like a hemp shirt. Okay. Is that, uh, a th- is that a thing? Yeah, a hemp shirt. Oh, that drug, <laughs> drug <laughs> users eat. Pop down a Target and grab a hemp shirt. Because it's natural. They sell those at Spencer's. Do they hemp shirts? I'm sure they do. I could smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> I, could sm- I could smoke my shirt while I'm eating it. It's like the Swiss Army knife of shirts. I love it. Yep, you can open cans with it. <laughs> Thank you. Do we think they're telling the truth? Is it Werner Herzog had to eat well, a shoe? They didn't answer the second part of the question, the, though. The what the, was the wager? I, oh. I, I believe it was that he would have to eat, eat his shoe. What? That was the wager? Yeah, Werner Herzog, uh, excuse me, I told Adam Morris he wouldn't make the film, and ah. if he did make it, I would eat my own shoe and make a short film that was on the Filmstruck uh, Criterion channel for a while that I watched <laughs> back in November of 2017. You did Werner Herzog? Yeah, I, I made it, and then I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name Sounds of this documentary? Like uh, Werner Herzog eats his own shoe. Okay. <laughs> I mean, considering that uh, Werner Hossa, if that's his name, uh, that's basically has, his name, has basically possessed Nick in order to answer this question. I, yes, uh, I, no. I have to well, think that we should not yeah. have buried Werner Herzog in the pet cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I'm back, and can also, I, can I offer a dissenting opinion? You certainly can. Yeah, I think it was Cecil B. DeMille, yeah. and he he bet him he would eat Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as much as I wish that were true, uh, Werner Herzog was correct. Yeah! 
But that's our point R. by R. the rules Pitts. of the game. Well, even, even down uh, so to the fact that you weren't joking, <laughs> they really did make a documentary when Werner Herzog ate his own shoe, and it was documented in the 1980 film, Werner Herzog eats his shoe. That's a real documentary you can watch. And right now, I'd like to plug Criterion Channel. You can uh, subscribe for nine ninety nine a Is month. Is it on Arcade Audio? It's not on Arcade then Audio. Shut it's on up! <laughs> <laughs> All right. The strange thing about it was Sissy Spacek was supposed to be in it, but she was cast uh, in a different movie. She yes. was. Yeah. Coal Miner's Daughter about the story of Loretta Lynn, American hero of the South. <laughs> My dad, my dad loves that movie so oh, much. Oh, me too. I own it on DVD and I watch it when I'm sad, which is two or three times a month. <laughs> I'm sad many more days, but you know you can't always sit down and watch a whole biopic when you're sad every minute. Sometimes you got to go to work, go to your job, go well, to the store, go shower. Oh, we're <laughs> watching a my live breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a question for the It Girls. Sometimes. Dead is better. Oh. Yeah, that's right. According to actor Fred Gwynn's unique take on the main accent in Pet Cemetery, Fred Gwynn was married to Jean Renard, the granddaughter of New York City Mayor William J. Gaynor. Gaynor would certainly disagree with Dead is better, having survived an assassination attempt in 1910. James Gallagher, a fired city worker, wanted revenge on Gaynor, so he snuck up on him and shot him point blank in the neck. But Gaynor was having none of it and simply walked away while his staff captured Gallagher. Within a few weeks, Gaynor was back at work, and he would live for another three years. But sadly, his life and political career were cut short, and his death was ruled a homicide. The killer was well-known to the police, but was never prosecuted. Who was it that finished the job that uh, James Gallagher started? I'm starting to think this has nothing to do with Stephen King. I'm just going to put that I think Natalie's starting to figure out the gimmick of the game. Who eventually finished the job that James Gallagher started? It was a bullfrog. A bullfrog. <gasps> Jeremiah. I knew it. <laughs> Were they friends or? He was a good friend. Wow. Can you please be possessed by the spirit of the bullfrog? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell kind of bullfrogs? No. <laughs> oh, God. I'm gonna veto this joke. Yeah, so how did, how I'm did, done. How did how did the bullfrog he or she whomever how did it happen? Does he have a gun? Don't be ridiculous. The bullfrog had a knife. <laughs> Seriously. A switchblade. No. Uh, no, no, no. It, it was uh, it was a frog. I don't know if it was a bullfrog, but it was actually just one of those poison like is it poison dart frog? frog? Some sort of poisonous frog. frog. Yeah. In uh, New York. Yeah. 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 Was this so, at the museum? Yeah, they have woods in New York. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a park. Would it, I wouldn't call it a woods. Just saying, they got woods. So how would a South American or African, you know, frog end he up in moved. New York City? It, <laughs> God damn. Well, I don't know if you're aware of the fact that there's been a really terrible ordeal of people just bringing animals to this country that shouldn't be here. It's an illegal immigration of, of high sorts. Which and is why she wants to build a wall, but yeah. only for frogs. <laughs> It's very short, like a one foot. <laughs> They're damaging Well, you the think ecosystem. that's going to do it, but then... They, they hop right over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I think Nick has the correct answer. We think you're lying. And the answer, Nick? Uh, it was, of course, comedian Gallagher. He did it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> the sledge to be exact. 
Can I can I offer a minority report? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, Mayor Gaynor was killed by a diving board when he tried to do a flip going with his feet over his head backwards. <laughs> what kind that of trick was that? That doesn't make sense. It was a Gaynor. A Gaynor That's okay. where it got the name. Yep. Uh-huh. Jimmy, that that don't make sense. Sure, it's fine. It <laughs> was uh, was comedian Gallagher. Is he descended from James Gallagher? Was oh, he? Of course. He's just finishing off the yeah. job of his. Him and Gallagher too. <laughs> Both of them. Uh, well, actually, it was. James Gallagher. <laughs> really? So it was a Gallagher. So, so three years after the assassination attempt, Mayor Gaynor turned aside to the presidency and was considered a strong candidate due to his history as a respected judge and politician. After announcing his candidacy, he set sail on a vacation cruise and mysteriously died a few days later. After an autopsy, doctors discovered the original bullet had remained lodged in his neck and caused complications that came back to haunt him three years after the shot was fired. Prosecutors immediately attempted to retry Gallagher for murder, but found out he'd already died seven months earlier. The perfect crime. Wow. That was kind of a trick question. (laughs) But he was known as James the Bullfrog Gallagher, correct? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's to be determined. I'm not sure. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. No, he said all right. All right. All right. All right. One of Stephen King's lesser-known recent works is the novel Duma Key. I thought set that was a on, Pop-Tart, by the way. That pop is a Pop-Tart but... sitting in sand. <laughs> uh, I had to put my glasses on. Yeah, my glasses. I had to put my cheaters on. I had to put on my glasses. So this is a book, uh, Duma Key, set on a fictional island off the Gulf Coast of Florida near St. Pete. The city of St. Petersburg is a popular tourist destination and home to a thriving art scene. It also holds one remarkable Guinness World Record that contributes to its popularity with vacationers. What world record does the city of St. Petersburg, Florida hold? All right, what world record does St. Pete have? We believe it is a combined Guinness World Record for most feral cats and amusement parks in one city. Okay. Now, those go together more than you'd think they would. Because at night, it's well known that in theme parks, they release feral cats at night (laughs) to control the population of small rodents, except for two important rodents... Minnie Mickey and Mickey. And Mickey. Mm. Sarah Magnuson question over here. Of course. Yeah. Uh, if they are released, how are they feral? I was wondering that. No one cares for them or loves them. They just have a job to do when they do it, and then they go back to wherever they came uh, from. I, I have a question as well for Sarah. Uh, yes. Is this what inspired the Stephen King novel Sleepwalkers? That's not a thing. <laughs> snake waters? Sleepwalkers. <laughs> Sleepwalkers. I have to agree with Sarah. Snake waters is not a thing. Snake waters isn't a thing, and I'd like mic, half a point uh, for that. Is this how I find out my mic is not plugged in? <laughs> snake water. I'm uh, sure you said a real thing, but snake water, baby. I'm distracted now. May I, may I describe sleepwalkers to her for a moment? Yes, please. Sleepwalkers. They get up in the night. They terrorize you. <laughs> Snakes. Never mind. She seems sad. Oh, okay. There is uh, two, like, uh, creatures that prey upon ordinary people and cats. Snakes? Well, nope. No, waters. <laughs> Walkers. Uh, and, and cats will like kind of stalk them and watch them and they're scared of them. However, in the movie, it is a mother son duo. So there's like an incest scene while cats watch. Really? They Just, kiss? What do oh, they do? They do more than kiss. <laughs> they neck. <laughs> they become two kind of shapeless blobs and writhe around on each other. Ah, uh, that's why it's called snake waters. <laughs> Now I get it. And it's a rumor Carrie Fisher would not do that role. (laughs) That's right. She was too busy ghostwriting Demolition Man. Lethal Weapon 3. Lethal Weapon 3. 
Jesus Christ. Ghost writing. Get on IMDb. It's a website. Wait, did you just say Demolition Man? I did say that. And did you say oh. that she ghost wrote Lethal Weapon 3? Yes. And isn't there a poster for Lethal Weapon 3 on the office of Sandra Bullock in Demolition Man? Oh CJ God. solved the murder. <laughs> <laughs> and that's we how they use the three clamshells. Well, did uh, did, that, that, did that help you figure out what the world record is? Oh yeah, they are wrong. They're they so are wrong. wrong. Okay, wrong. I believe them incorrect. What do you think the actual record is? Uh, oldest population per capita. That's so many old people just retired. It's a very good guess. Uh, uh, also, they guess. let those old people out to get the mice. <laughs> well, no, it's actually because uh, it had the most consecutive days of sunshine. Which old people love. I'll take my points. Thank you. <laughs> old people do love sunshine. That's that is where true. you go to retire. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know about you. Cats huh? hate sunshine. <laughs> They hate it. But they love the sand. <laughs> By the way, snake waters, that's just the bayou. Snake waters? Yeah. It is the bayou. That makes sense yeah. to me. That's, you're, you're from Alabama, right? I'm that's from the Alabama? most Alabama thing I've ever heard. Snake waters is just the bayou. <laughs> well, I am Cajun. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. I have family from Louisiana. Yvonne, grandmother, if you're listening to this, I hope you're proud. <laughs> and I'll, I bet you're wondering, what's a podcast? Why did you call me about this and explain it to me? And then I didn't download it because I don't know how to download. Will you please stop raging for just a second? <laughs> <laughs> the raging Cajun over here, yeah. I love this I'm not James Carville. Oh. <laughs> how do uh, we know? All right, this is, uh, is the last question. Is the cast qu- of Goonies? This is, you're this not is far teammate. off. <laughs> Natalie, you're not stand far off. This is not. Me. This is Stand By Me. It is not the cast of the Goonies. Uh, this is the last question for the It Girls. Is this the Lost Boys? No. This is not the Lost Boys. Is this, is this uh, Sandlot? This is Sandlot. <laughs> License to drive? I'll take my points. <laughs> License to drive. How many points would you like, James? Oh, uh, 500. That's quite a lead you've just taken. <laughs> hey, you gotta ask or you don't get them. Stephen King's The Sandlot. It's oh, a so timeless this is about tale. Stephen King again. This, no, oh, yeah, okay. all these questions are about Stephen King. Right. Stephen King's The Sandlot is a timeless tale filled with universal childhood experiences. Rich, stop Instagram tagging me. I can't read my questions. <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough one. Let me Stephen think. King's uh, at LSDL show. That's right. Thank you. Sta- <laughs> Stephen King's Stand by Me is a timeless tale filled with universal childhood experiences. Who among us hasn't found a dead body down by the tracks or gotten in a knife fight with Kiefer Sutherland? I personally cried remembering the time I fell in a pond and emerged with my undies full of leeches. <laughs> now, we've all heard about the use of leeches by medieval quacks, but they're actually still used by some doctors today. What do leeches, or excuse me, what use do leeches have in modern medicine? So, darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Oh, stand. Stand by me. All right, what do modern doctors use the leeches for? Baseballs. Baseballs. No, These are baseballs. No, no. James. That's not the answer. <laughs> that is James's answer. That is James's answer. Yeah, that's and we love him points. for it. Yeah, uh, yeah we're going to say uh, they will use it to kind of filter blood, specifically if the blood has too much iron in it. Okay. Uh, too much iron? What happens if you have too much iron? You die. What Next. happens when you have too much anything in your body? When you have I too don't much, know. When you have too much iron. <laughs> right now, I have way too much well, kimchi in my body. Have you not seen <laughs> X-Men where uh, Magneto completely just uh, gets all this iron out of his guard and then completely breaks out of prison, murders everyone on the way out? Uh, the Sandlot. The Sandlot. <laughs> the Sandlot. So 
just you're saying in real life, if I have too much iron in my blood, Magneto will come and kill everyone around me. <laughs> yes, mean, if you you're read? not good. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he will say the pun, you have too much iron in your blood. And the joke won't <laughs> yeah. land. Is, is that what Magneto said to the guard in the movie? Yes, yeah, he's like, you it have is. too much iron in your blood. And I was like, ah. It's just a statement of fact. So <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen will come to Chicago. <laughs> what, what, what else? Or Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Ooh, I like that option. There you go. <laughs> We're so, on the same page. Yes, please. I saw shame. <laughs> Does he get Mama naked? Mama loved it. What? Does he get naked in that movie? Oh, yeah, he naked in that movie. <laughs> so what would Michael Fassbender or Sir Ian McKellen do in Chicago after they've killed us? Like, I'll what would they do for fun? I'll tell you what Michael Fassbender <laughs> would do for fun. And I'll tell you what Ian McKellen would do. <laughs> Ian McKellen gets naked and waiting for Godot, right? Yes, he does. Close. You know what Michael Fassbender does? What? He, he actually is really addicted to sex and shame, and it's actually pretty sad. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty much, sad well, addiction. Like, like too much iron, too much sex can be bad, too. No. Okay. <laughs> I disagree, CJ. All right, yeah. well, I've been told. <laughs> uh, happy two-year anniversary, CJ. <laughs> Thank oh, you, I didn't know you guys were dating. <laughs> That's cool. I don't know. Give yourself some points. I'll give myself <laughs> some points. I can't give my I can't give myself points. But you can give them to me. Okay. <laughs> you know, Spencer's got a pretty special anniversary in a couple days too. Oh. Uh, <laughs> do not bring September 11th into this show. <laughs> oh, that's God. when my hair appointment is. I know. Oh. Yeah. Never forget. You can't forget that. Never forget. I don't get it. Okay, so I think I know what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? We think it's similar to what you're saying, except it has nothing to do with iron. It's more of like, uh-oh, I'm in a tight, I'm in a little bind, and I've been bitten by something poisonous. Like a snake in the Suck snake that waters. thing out. It's kind of like today how you would pee on your friend's leg to get rid of the jelly fish. Or just in general. For a prank, yeah. Just because it's sexy. If it's a you know? sex thing, I don't know. Because Michael Fassbender's in town, and we've had some cocktails. So it's like that, yeah, but it's a leech cocktails. sucking on you. To, to remove snake poison. Snake water? Snake water poison. Yeah, that's what I call whiskey. You're getting that bad yeah. snake water, you gotta get Michael Fassbender to suck you. You do. <laughs> yeah, we call that a Fassbender. <laughs> we got a real fast Fassbender going on. Hey, Nick, can you give us some more Cajun wisdom? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Uh, if you uh, I can't improv right now, <laughs> I'm like a true Cajun. What kind of performer are you again? Oh, what was that? Nothing. Uh, hello? Uh, I can do hot. anything as for a Huzzog, though. What did you say? I could do anything as Werner Herzog. Oh, uh, can you do Werner Herzog doing a Cajun impression? Oh, yes. Oh, go down by the crawdad. <laughs> okay. Uh, go go to, uh, f uh, what was it, uh, Fud Puckers in Destin, Florida. Yeah, I've been. <laughs> I've been to Fud Puckers in Destin, Florida so many times. In fact, I had a dream about it just the other night. It is so weird that you're bringing this up right now. Are we saying Fud Ruckers? Fud Puckers. It's actually different, but sounds like Fud Ruckers yeah. the chain, but it's just one. And the t-shirts say, you ain't been pucked till you've been Fud Puck. <laughs> I want to hear Werner Harzog say that. You, what was it again? What? Oh, you ain't been pucked. So you've been fud pucked. I'm going to do that in my Cajun accent. Uh, you ain't been pucked since you've been to, what was the name of the establishment? Fud puckers. You were the one that brought it up. When I was in Destin, I went to Wings and I bought oh, I a love boogie wings. board. And I love Alvin's Island. And I bought a t-shirt. It was very comical. It said FBI, a female body Bo inspector. That's funny. It Go was to Destin, Florida. The sands are actually, it's not sand, it's quartz. It's a ground quartz. So when you run on the beach, it makes like ee, ee. It sounded so cute. It was quite comical. It, it, was, it was fun. 
Yeah, anyway, the leeches are useful for <laughs> microsurgeons. <laughs> microsurgeons who need to reattach small body parts, like fingers, toes, and ears. That's what oh. we said, yeah. yeah. Like nanomachines. <laughs> like micro-machines. Thank you. <laughs> so you're saying they serve the purpose of what an iron instrument may do? Correct. Zero percent. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. how many percent on Rotten Tomatoes Maximum Overdrive has. Is that true? His... I don't know. I love oh, okay. that movie. <laughs> No, uh, because I reviewed it, and I gave that thing five stars. <laughs> okay, yes. well, we've come to our last question. This is for All Right, All Right, All oh, Right. Oh, I thought was, that was the last question. So I was doing Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> this is Jimmy Buffett on screen. That's right. Now, Stephen isn't just the king of horrors. Everybody, uh, excuse me, what? Mm. <laughs> Let me try that again. He's the king of rock. Stephen isn't just, just the like king the of Instagram horrors, part. everybody. He's also dabbled in music. Be it through co-owning a radio station with his wife, Tabitha, or playing in a band called The Rock Bottom Remainders with other famous authors, nice. Stephen King loves music. He loves it so much that he co-wrote a musical called Ghost Brothers of Darkland County. No! With two other music legends. Is this on Broadway? Why does who, that look like the Stephen who invented time travel? <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> Stephen Are you Stephen Hawking? That looks like Stephen Hawking, The right? Stephen who invented time travel is quite a way to refer to Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. This. You know, Einstein, the guy who invented a light? This <laughs> is our teammate. <laughs> and she is carrying us. Well, my, my question, be that as it may, who did Stephen King write Ghost Brothers of Darkland County with? And to remind you, it was two musicians that you have maybe heard of. And what is the plot of this musical? Oh, look, you guys got to see the question. Singing in the rock and roll. Put it all the time in the dream house, baby. I love rock and roll. So come and turn your time and dance with me. All right. Who did Stephen King, which two people did Stephen King write Ghost Brothers of Darkland County with? And what's the plot? Uh, it oh, is... Big That's a big ass. Yeah, the plot, it's, you're going to love the plot. It's amazing when they were explaining it to me. Uh, it's Eric Clapton and Jimmy, uh, what did we say? Jimmy Page? Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Oh. Billy Joel. <laughs> Jimmy, Sir, was Jimmy it? Billy Joel. Jimmy Billy Joel. Oh, Armstrong. Billy Joel Armstrong. Armstrong. a lot of his yeah. songs kind of tell a Billy story. Billy Joel Armstrong. About the piano guy and also about, you know, that Italian pizza place. <laughs> Are you saying there are some scenes from an Italian restaurant? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm okay. just saying that. <laughs> but, you know, he tells stories with his music. So he and Eric Clapton, who at the time was really sad because... Cocaine. Nope. <laughs> okay. He was sad because Heroin. cocaine. No. Now we're going to go in another direction. Oh, I was. I was. Yeah. Southward. And, and what can you tell me... Out of a window. What can you tell me about Tony Danza's part in this? Tony Danzig? That's correct. Tony Danza? Are you saying Tony Danzig? Yes. Tony Danza. The singer Tony for the Misfits, Danza. Tony Danzig. Yeah. Him and uh, Scott Dracula. <laughs> Basically, it's a parody of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> it's a parody yeah. of Blues Brothers. And Donald Duck Dunn is in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Donald Duck Dunn. And you know who else yeah. couldn't be in it because she was filming the real Blues Brothers? Aretha Gary Franklin. Fisher. <laughs> Gary Fisher. Who was in Blues Brothers? Uh, so this parody was because, you know, Roger Ebert had to get his digs in because he hated it. Uh, called it the Booze Brothers. Booze Even though we can Brothers. see the title right there. Well, that was a, a working that, title. In this review. Oh, I understand. Right, 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 That's right, a very right, good right, pun. Right, right. I, only I could <laughs> come up with that. Mm-hmm. All right. 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 They're wrong. <laughs> Dead wrong. Or what do you, what, who, who are, James? James. Oh, I, I was going to tag on and say corpse wrong. 
<laughs> I'm glad we got we there. We stopped the show for that? Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, what, what two uh, musicians did Stephen King write this uh, play with, this musical? Uh, Stephen Sondheim and uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. No. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. 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 No, that's insane. Are those James's answers or is that the team's answers? Oh, we're... they know which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> okay. So we're going to give our own answer. Yeah, we're okay. going to give our own answer. It's... Uh, it's Sorry, it was actually very close. Uh, somebody who had played music before, it is Jimmy Buffett. And Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I no. would literally murder somebody to watch that musical. <laughs> That's how you get in. Wow, <laughs> okay. Charles Manson didn't murder anybody. He just convinced people to. That's Thank true. you, I've been and saying it for years. he was a musician. Yeah. He, he was, was, but a very bad one. No one would sign him, cool. which pissed him off, so he went on this spree where he's like, I'm going to recruit these little filthy kids from the, <laughs> from the middle class and then make them come... We're all going to smooch a lot, okay? And then I'm going to send them to murder Sharon Tate and her lover. Are we allowing her to read from Charles Manson's manifesto right now? (laughs) (laughs) CJ, you cast aspersions that this could be a parody or satire of the Blues Brothers. Could you enlighten us to what the plot, uh, the correct plot of the movie is? Oh, the Ghost Brothers of Darkland County? Yeah. It is actually, uh, it is Stephen King's life, but it is like uh, an alternate mention where he had a brother because his twi- uh, he had a brother who was actually stillborn, so he imagined what his life would be like if he had a That's brother. That's dark. Yeah, it's Stephen yeah. King. <laughs> Spencer, can I uh, give my answer? A, a, a third answer? Well, you didn't ask me what it was based on. I think on. you should be penalized uh, for all these uh, well, wrong answers. <laughs> That's interesting. How many points should he be penalized? Uh, 500. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, I'll withdraw my request okay. to answer. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so it was actually T-Bone Burnett and John Cougar Mellencamp. Whoa. Literally, who are those people? The little ditty about Jack and Diane. That's I know that he married that a chili dog. Girl, Meg Ryan. They're together now. Who, John Cougar Mellencamp? And, and Meg Ryan. Wow. It's real. Also, so here's he the story. By, the story, I'm sorry? He goes by John Mellencamp now. He no longer wants to be known as John Cougar Mellencamp. He got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hyphenated anymore. So the story is loosely based on a house John Cougar Mellencamp owns that he thinks is Was haunted. Was it pink? I don't know these references. Were these pink houses? I don't. I know Little Jack and Diane. Little pink houses. I know Jack and Diane. I got you there. So Mellencamp bought a house in Indiana that three siblings lived in. One day, one of them accidentally got shot in the woods, and the surviving two crashed their car and died on the way to try to get him help. And now Jack they, and Diane. That That's was Jack and horrible. Diane. That's right. And now they all haunt John Cougar Mellencamp's house. Now a pink house. I don't Get know what you're saying. Get these ghosts out of here. I'm Is trying John to ride about Cougar Jack Mellon Diane. Camp haunted by three ghosts? <laughs> Get out of here. I'm trying to suck the ghost to John Cougar <laughs> Mellon Camp Pass. John Cougar Where's Mellon the Tasty Camp? Freeze? Okay. I like that one song. And now that they've fun. gotten him to drop the cougar from their na- so his name, like, they can I finally move on. I was born in a small town. I, I regret bringing That's John Cougar Mellon Camp onto the stage. I figured it out. That's actually Stephen Merchant. That is Stephen Merchant. That's yeah. right, the co-creator of The Office. Yeah. All right, we've come to the end Are of the you game. Stephen Faceblind? <laughs> I think I might be. Or Stephen King looks like a bunch of different Stevens. I think Stephen has a look. That's yeah. an interesting. Uh, that's interesting. Maybe he does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, James wins. He has 517 points. Yeah. Congratulations to James and all the other so teams. And we want to congratulate the audience member for winning against all odds. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Canalucci. 
Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week. Nick Lathan can be heard on the Riverside Falls podcast, right here on Arcade Audio. James Freetley and CJ Tour can be heard on the podcast Lakeshore and Limbo, an occult noir detective series told using improvisers and dice. New episodes every Monday, or else, but right here on Arcade Audio. Natalie Gold performs with Missed Call every Sunday at 8 at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago. You can call 662-729-1869 and leave a message that will be played at and inspire their next show. Sarah Magnuson performs with her improv team Gallon at CIC every Tuesday at 10 p.m. And as always, Sammy Tamimi can be found all around Chicago performing, directing, teaching, and being a nerd. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.